Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. City. We have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? I'm your dad's brother, all right. Buck Russell had always been the black sheep of the family. I'm stunned that I'm related to you. Until one night. Buck, we have a problem with the kids. We're stuck for somebody to watch them. Oh, please, not that. Can we trust him? My brother, for God's sake. Hello, welcome to another episode of Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Jay McNabb, joined as always by... Uncle Rob! (laughs) You are not my uncle, no. (laughs) Well, I'm somebody's uncle. (laughs) I know it's. <laughs> it does seem wrong. <laughs> I, calling yourself Uncle Somebody when you're like a dude in a basement uh, <laughs> with a microphone. No, you, but true. you actually are an uncle. I am an uncle. Right? It's true. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, we're talking about Uncle Buck this week, spoiler, but I guess he doesn't go by Uncle Buck to his like adult friends. Yeah, he wouldn't say that to like his his podcast co-host <laughs> if he had one. Uh, yes, this week we are talking about Uncle Buck, the 1989 comedy written and directed by John Hughes, starring John Candy, of course. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about this because this is, I guess, going up like the week of American Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so you thought, perfect, American Thanksgiving, John Hughes comedy starring John Candy, <laughs> Uncle Buck. <laughs> well, we've already done uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, did you? Okay, I don't think I was on oh, that I'm one. I'm sorry. Well, that was great. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, so it is Yeah, kind of a funny choice. Before we get into it, I do want to thank all of our Patreon donors. We have paused Patreon donations for the month to make up for last month when we only were able to record a few shows, but we do want to thank everybody for donating. And I'm not going to plug the uh, website because you can't do anything on it for the month of November. Uh, you can go look at it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Remember it for next month. We'll be back to our regular begging next month. <laughs> that's what that's what Christmas is all about. That's right. All right. Well, Uncle Buck, this is a huge movie. Mm-hmm. This is one I can't believe we haven't done on the show because me neither it's been certainly in the back of my mind in terms of like a movie to talk about you suggested this when was the first time you saw uncle buck i first saw it when i was very young it came out in 1989 so i assumed that i saw it i don't know right away it i swear to god that this was i think my first like favorite funny movie you know right i loved john candy I I thought he was hilarious in his uncouthness, and yeah, it was it was it was great. I I was a big fan. I I also love like big like gregarious people, you know, with like lots of like energy and uh, and you know and laughter. I mean, I found that all very like entertaining when I was a kid. So I, I love this movie. I haven't seen it since I was young. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I thought because it's like a kids movie. So I haven't seen it all the way through. I think I've seen it like, you know, I think I've seen a scene here or there. But largely, I've uh, just sort of like had these pleasant memories of it. 
and uh, mm-hmm. to sort of like go on for the last uh, 30 years. So I, I was looking forward to revisiting it. What about you, JM? Yeah. I, I think I had a really similar experience as you in that I saw it when I was very young. I think my parents rented it when it first came out. So yeah, 89 or I think it came out towards the end of 89 on video. So probably around there. And yeah, I loved it as a kid. I had it taped off of TV, mm, uh, but it's illegal. like I think I missed the beginning of it. So like, <laughs> like watching it now, it's like oh yeah, like I, I only re- remember seeing this opening where we actually find out how Uncle Buck came to live with this family. I think I only saw that like once, <laughs> and then every other time Uncle Buck was just there, and the parents were mysteriously gone. Uh, I you know one thing I vaguely remembered about my experience with it was as much as I loved it and I love John Candy like I've talked about on this show how he was one of the first actors where I would just watch any movie he was in like I would yeah. go to the comedy section if John Candy's in it I would rent it he was but, great uh, I but it was also a movie that like really creeped me out in parts <laughs> Like, there was one part in particular, which we'll talk about at the end, but then, like, I'd forgotten all the scenes that also upset me. I mean, I was kind of a wimpy kid, I guess, but, like, there, like the scene with the clown, which we'll talk about. Right. Like, where I, you know, I clowns was, like, a little upsetting. kid. I'd, not only are clowns are upsetting, but as, as we'll, you know, get into, the clown is drunk mm-hmm. and uh, gets in trouble for being drunk, and I did not understand any of what was happening and it was just like surreal and disturbing (laughs) and ends with this like violence action that kind of comes out of nowhere so like just like yeah weird scenes and yeah and there's more that i was like rediscovering as i was watching it this time like just very uh it's just kind of a series of of bizarre interactions with like little uh little narrative uh cohesion mm. like uh so i yeah i do rem- yeah i i do remember being kind of weirded out by a lot of the movie even though i would say that i loved it but like you rob i never watched it again like until now like i think the last time i saw it i was probably you know eight years old or something like it's been a while yeah i i, I don't know what it is about this movie it seems like it would have been a natural one to revisit but uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the kind of thing where there are so many other movies that came since that kind of like usurped right. its place. Like if you're like, oh, I want to watch a John Hughes movie with John Candy, you're probably going to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Or if you're like, oh, that that delightful Macaulay Culkin-John Hughes combo, you're going to watch Home Alone. Like, right. Uh, and I know this movie does have its fans, certainly, and like I'm sure a lot of other people have watched it more continuously than us. But I, I would, for me, I think that's why. Like I've never had as much of an urge to go back and revisit it. Yeah. Until now. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's. Okay. Yeah. Can you do the rundown? Uh, yeah, I will try. So, it's about this family. I don't remember their last name, but they have uh, <laughs> they have three three kids. There's the uh, it's the Mitchells, right? The Mitchells, Mitchell? that's right. Yeah, and there's uh, there's three kids, including the precocious and extra cursy uh, Macaulay Culkin. Oh no, shit! It's it's Russell, not uh, uh, Mitchell. Russell. The Russells. I mean, generic name. <laughs> Sorry if that's your last name. And also Maisie, played by Gabby Hoffman, and a third one, Tia, the moody teenager, who uh, I wrote her name down somewhere, but it's uh, not really, you know, well, anyway. The point is... the actress? Oh, yeah, Jean Louise Kelly. Right. That's her name. But... I was like, I, I could not picture her face before watching this movie. Like, I tried picturing this character in my memory and I just got Jennifer Grey and Ferris Bueller. I could not yeah. come up with uh, with the older sister and Uncle Buck. No. Well, she she doesn't, uh, she's not as, um, she didn't cement herself in pop culture, I think, the way that the uh, other two 
kids did anyway. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But, you know, she her character is interesting because, you know, she is having a little bit of a, you know, there's some sort of tension or some sort of something with, like, the parents. I mean, she's a moody teenager. She hates everything. She's sarcastic. She she won't acknowledge you or speak to you. And, uh, you know, like she's a teenager. But... These kids, their parents are are called in the middle of the night uh, because the mom's dad has had a heart attack. And so they have to travel to go sort of look after him. But they can't find a babysitter. And they call everyone mm. they know, but there's no – nobody is willing to do it. It's like 4 o'clock at, at night or something like that. Nobody wants to watch their bratty kids. But so <laughs> – well, also they because they have moved from what is it Indianapolis? Like yeah. they don't have as many friends there too, so it's like right, not like they can make that many calls. I mean, they're gonna obviously call Uncle Buck, right? Who's yeah? Uh, the mom is not a huge fan it's the of the movie, but like, couldn't the dad just stay behind, or couldn't they bring the kids? Like, there seem to be a lot of other solutions besides like. Putting someone they don't totally trust in charge. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, Buck shows up, and he literally doesn't recognize the two younger kids. Like, he's <laughs> never met them, it seems like. I, he, he has vague memories of the younger one, thinks she's, like, maybe 10. So yeah, it's yeah. not as if, like, he's been, like, a part of this family throughout the years, you know. And, you know, we find out a little bit about Buck and who he is. He seems like he is a guy who does not take to responsibility. He's a bachelor. He he does mm. have a girlfriend who, you know, has been gracious enough to give him a job. But from their conversation, it seems like she has given him a lot of chances and he has just sort of let all of them fall to the wayside. Well, he does. she's trying to give him a job, and he doesn't want it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I guess because he doesn't want to work for his girlfriend, just like a pride. Or maybe it's also just his lifestyle. He's basically a professional gambler. Yeah. And she is played by the great Amy Madigan. Mm-hmm, and she's fantastic. She's always great. I love her. Yeah. But so Buck promises his girlfriend, Shanice, that he will be there at her tire store to work the next morning. Oh, yeah, this is another reason why the mom doesn't like Buck is because his girlfriend sells tires for a living. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is that, mom? (laughs) She is working in a male-dominated field and killing it. She's a boss lady. How does she drive around in her car? Doesn't have tires? (laughs) Show some respect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The tire industry. (laughs) It it is weird, like that. The mom hates Buck so much because, yeah, he's like a bit of a layabout, but he's also like very charming. Like everyone Mm -hmm. likes him for the most part. Like, I mean, we even get in one especially sad scene after Buck has been there for a while. Like, we see that he's been like folded out of one of the wedding photos in the album. Kids, that's what you had to do before Photoshop. It wasn't elegant, but it worked. But we never find out anything that would prompt a drastic action like that, do we? Or am I forgetting something? Is it just the tires? <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> this lady hates tires. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it never really sort of gets into that or, like, revisits any aspect of, like, the relationship between Buck and the parents or Buck and his brother or really anything like that. I, I I do like I think in a lesser movie like Buck wouldn't want to do this or like wouldn't like kids or something. Right. But I do love like the combination of John Candy being so lovable and just like you know him getting there and him like wanting to do a good job and like wanting to look after the kids and uh, you know it's harder to forge those connections but like he you know he's not this like misanthrope or something yeah and I mean that would be so hard to see John Candy's character play I mean I can't even imagine him as like a as like you know with with I mean he's mean in this movie to people but like he's generally so lovable you know. Yeah. Oh, I thought of a reason perhaps why the mom is uh, so distrustful. And I will leave that as a cliffhanger. They had an affair. No. Okay. 
But so I'll bring it up later. The then. parents they go off to do the thing that they have to do, and Buck shows up in the middle of the night. The parents haven't like woken up the kids and like told them or anything like that, <laughs> so they're a little bit surprised when this person they've never seen <laughs> is standing in their kitchen. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he's he's trying his best. He he makes breakfast. He uh, you know, he answers all the kids questions. He, he does his best. He does he does call his girlfriend and uh try to explain why he's not able to show up at work and uh he's just not able to get it out. Hello. Shanice? Honey? Honey, I have some bad news. Let me guess. You are not coming into work in the morning. Just let... No, but you don't... Would you just... Let me... Give me... Let me get the... Let me get... You're not... Give me a... Oh. Goodbye. But it, it doesn't sort of, like, bother him. He doesn't, like, mope about it. He's just... You know, he has to do the thing, so... Mm. But, um, yeah, so he's got to look then, after these yeah, kids. Yeah, nothing really happens. It's just, like, a bunch of kind of episodes of, you know, some stuff happens. It's pretty like, plotless. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's not... Which I kind of like in some ways. Like, I, I do like the feel of it. And, the, the you know, the whole opening part, this whole first act of the movie, the other thing that struck me about it is it's so quiet. Yeah. Like, it's eerily quiet there's hardly any any music it's it's weird there's a weird tone to it well it's all like so understated which is you know you don't expect it from a movie that is reputed to be a comedy extravaganza or whatever like the the opening of the movie is just like the kids coming home from school and having you know a kids conversation the parents they're not like wacky parents they're so like low key it's it's it doesn't even seem like a performance in uh in some yeah. aspects and then like oh so low key yeah i mean the mom in particular but the uh and the, the they scenes... should give it its own disney plus show it's so <laughs> low key <laughs> And and uh, I, I do want to I do want to mention something quickly just okay. while we're talking about the setup, and that is how divergent the actual opening of the movie is from the poster for the movie. Right, like if you look at the poster for the movie, it's John Candy has this crazed look on his face, <laughs> like like he's playing the devil. Right, and he's got the cigar and he's got a suitcase, and then on the other side of the door. The family looks terrified, like an intruder is trying to break in, and they're holding their arms and pushing up against the door. They've got a chair jammed up against the door, and they all look horrified and afraid. And it says, and the tagline is, oh, no, it's, and then it says Uncle Buck. So, like, it makes it look like Uncle Buck is just, you know, terrorizing them and just, you know, foisting himself upon this family. They woke him up in the middle of the night and demanded this huge favor. Like I, I am, I'm offended on Uncle Buck the character's behalf that he would be represented this way. Yeah, in the poster. that's that ain't right. He was supposed to work the next day. I know. Jeez, <laughs> they, they almost ruined his relationship. They, yeah, yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he does, you know, he takes a real uh, shine to the younger kids anyway. It's Macaulay Culkin's birthday a few days later, and he makes giant pancakes with a snow shovel. That's pretty funny. But then there is the upsetting uh, scene with the clown that you mentioned before. Oh, Uh, my God. And it's, it's, you know, like this... This clown comes over for the kids' birthday parties, and he is drunk. He says he was performing at a bachelorette party and, uh, you know, s- says which, a line about dildo jokes. Which bachelorette party is hiring, like, a middle-aged clown? Well, is everybody has their thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies love clowns, let me tell you. It's like, did you get a stripper? No, we got the world's saddest clown. We got John Wayne Gacy is going to swing by your bachelorette party. <laughs> Enjoy, ladies. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I, it, is this where this but is? Pu- I think where we see like yeah. the first violent side of Uncle Buck. Yeah, he like he, he punches this poor clown in the face. I mean, you know, the clown is drunk. He shouldn't be coming to children's birthday parties drunk. He's drunk and he's an asshole. But like, don't attack him. And yeah, and that was like yeah, I I just remember being so creeped out by it as a kid. Yeah. And then I don't know. There's also that, I, that's the thing. I don't think this was a family movie. I think <laughs> I think there were a lot of movies in the '80s that were like seemed like family movies, and we all watched them with our families. But looking back at it now, it's like, oh no, that's just the movie my parents wanted to watch, and <laughs> and, uh, and I watched it with them. The other big thing is that uh, Tia is that uh, she has a boyfriend and and Buck doesn't like this guy at all because you know he sees them he sees him macking out on his niece and uh you know and so he threatens right, we got, yeah. with violence we got to talk about this this is this is insane yeah <laughs> He like this whole storyline it's crazy he i mean he he threatens to like i don't know i didn't I don't even remember, but it seems very violent. And of course, later, the guy is a total douchebag. He's pressuring Tia to have sex, and she doesn't want to. And uh... okay, that's putting aside like where it goes. Yeah, what Uncle Buck first sees is simply that this teenage girl, who's fifteen, has a boyfriend. At her school. And he's, like, also at the school. Yeah, like it's presumably like he's, like, some... the same age or, you know, in that yeah. range. Like, it's just... And so, like, the... And this kind of, like, forms, like, this is the main arc of the movie. Yeah. is like, him dealing with her and trying to stop her from seeing this boy who has really... All he's done is, like, worn a beret well, <laughs> at the start of the movie. That is, that is, that is enough, really, to warrant but, it. But literally all it is is that she's had a boyfriend. He just kind of doesn't like the look at, of him. And most of their interactions are Uncle Buck shaming her for, like, wanting to, like, date. Yeah. And and it's really gross. It's so and... gross. Are you crazy? I can be. You could have taken his head off. Yeah, but what do you notice? Can we get something straight? The guy's a predator and you're his prey. Oh, really? Bet. And how do you know? When I was his age, I was the guy zooming the girls like you. Pretty face, big chip on your shoulder. I recommend that you stay out of my personal life. Do your parents stay out of your personal life? They don't know my personal life. Have they met Twiddledink? And it's just, it's so unwarranted. Like, she, okay, again, we find some things out about this guy later in the movie. But at the start... It's just her boyfriend. He seems perfectly nice, to be honest, mm-hmm. aside from the beret. And, yeah, he's just treated like garbage. At one point, like, they're, she's going to go see her boyfriend, and Uncle Buck's trying to get her to go bowling. And he's like, you can't get pregnant bowling. Yeah. It's like, why, why are you constantly talking about your niece having sex? Like, it's just weird. Like, well, it's a we weird not, thing like, to do. We should not, like, understate the amount of, like, you know anxiety or like control that like America in the past especially in like the 80s needed to exert on the female body right yeah thankfully that has totally different <laughs> America now. has moved past yeah. that <laughs> no totally and we're probably not the best I think equipped to talk about it but it's 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 yeah definitely like a thing that was uh, normalized through movies and pop culture. And, and this movie especially is just like, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, this is, this is the main story of uncle Buck is like him essentially being vindicated in the eyes of the niece for insinuating himself into her life and trying to prevent her from, from seeing this guy. Well, we'll talk about it as, as as it goes, but it's certainly weird and uncomfortable at the start. Def, it's um, totally that he 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 would immediately assert this kind of like patriarchal dominance over this teenage girl who he barely knows. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's like it's not like he is like keeping her safe or anything because he prevents her from going out on this date with the guy. 
brings her to a bowling alley. First thing that happens is she gets like <laughs> harassed by some like bowler who looks like he has like a herpy uh, on his lip. And uh... this this part also creeps. This is so. This is part that scared little JM number two is the guy with the toothpick in his mouth. Yeah. Because he has this like scar that was like, I remembered it more as like, I like, I thought, cause he kind of like almost chokes on the toothpick. Yeah. I kind of remembered as like, does he like stab, does the toothpick like protrude through his upper lip oh, or does something and nothing that bad yeah. happens. But I remember being upset by it. I mean, it's definitely upsetting how, yeah, yeah. this old creepster dude comes on to, Tia, really just so that Uncle Buck can come and, uh, and you know, intervene. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, the bowling alley was not the uh, <laughs> sanctity uh, <laughs> of innocence that Buck claimed it was. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, this is where we find out more about how Buck, you know, makes his bucks, if you will. And that is by yeah. cheating at the ponies. He... Okay, so so this is where I wanted to talk about perhaps the reason why the mom is so put off by Buck. Okay. And that is there is a fan theory. I don't even want to call it a fan theory because I think a lot of it is just like in the text of the movie. But there has been a suggestion online that Buck is connected to the mob. Yeah, I saw that. Potentially, yeah. I mean, because, because when when he talks, when they first bring up this thing, I mean, it's very cryptic and vague, right? It's like we're going to do this thing. There's a score, and you don't know what it is. Could it be like theft? Could it be, you know, a hit? We don't know. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he's got some kind of connection because he's cheating <clears throat> at the races. Yeah. But then also, like, I mean, later in the movie, he makes reference to, like, fixing parking tickets for someone. Mm. And and again, this would explain the thing, like, maybe the mom knows something about his past. And then, like, I even read one comment that was like, you know, maybe he was like a mob enforcer, which would explain why he's constantly attacking people. Oh, my <laughs> God. That makes a lot of sense. Right? Oh, my God. He's like Tony Soprano. It's like... I have a totally different view of this movie now. Yeah. And that yeah. that giant that... pancake seed isn't so cute. <laughs> There's probably cocaine in there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, something to think about. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, so and then like the the big sort of conflict or whatever of the movie, the 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 climax is that Buck is going to go to do this race-fixing, cheating thing. And, you know, he's, uh, he doesn't, what's he going to do with the kids? He's got to bring them with him. And he feels a little bit conflicted about this because I guess kids aren't uh, great at the racetrack, but it never stopped my dad. But, uh, so <laughs> they're going to go to this racetrack where, you know, who knows what would happen to these kids, you know. But instead... He, he might have had to use them as collateral. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's put uh, Macaulay Culkin on uh, Who Has Seen the Wind. <laughs> but in, at but instead, Tia goes missing. She says that she's gone to some slumber party and disappears. And so Uncle Buck knows. Well, no, she, she doesn't say she's gone to a slumber party. She says she'll, she's going to a party and we'll be back in a couple right, right, of days. Right, yeah. And Gabby Hoffman says it must slumber be a slumber party. party. That's right, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so Uncle Buck, he has to go and, you know, stop whatever is going to happen there. So he uses his psychic abilities to figure out where uh, this party is. <laughs> no, he he drives around and, like, <clears throat> runs into some other parents who Okay, yeah, okay. But even the first yeah. time, the first time that he went and he found her at, like, some... It was some like party in the woods or something. What was that? It was like this weird. It was like a pioneer village or something. <laughs> like it was this weird stone house in the middle of the woods. That was weird. Like a, a lot of this movie feels like a half remembered dream from my childhood. Like I remember seeing that and just being like, "This is what older. Ki this is where older kids hang out in these <laughs> like stone buildings." in the middle of the woods with, like, you know, barrel fires. Like, that's what I thought, like, cool kids did <laughs> in their teen years. 
oh man, it'd be awesome to get drunk. We just can't find a stone cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the the actual house party, too, like, I remember being very vivid and very, it's also just strange the way it's photographed. Like, it's very, I don't know, like, it's, it's all drained of color. It's very gray, mm-hmm. and it's very, like, there's something very bleak about, even though it's, like, jam-packed full of people, there's something kind of, uh... It's like he's descending into hell, and he's descending into yes. his, like, worst... Uh, impulses, you know, the drinking, the carousing, the partying, you know, and mm-hmm. it's diverging him from this place that he's, uh, you know, this person that he's becoming, the responsible one, the one who can, right. you know, take care of kids, maybe, or something. Or it's just, you know. And the next part is the scene that really, this is the third and most terrifying scene <laughs> for, for me when I was a kid, and that is when he tracks down Bug. We didn't mention that the boyfriend's name is Bug. Right. Uh, but presu- close to presumably Buck. Na- I know, right? I think that they're, they're it, saying something like Buck and Bug. Maybe that's why Buck knows like what is up with Bug, because you know he was Bug. Well, he does say that. He's like, she's like, how do you know? And he's like, because I was him. So yeah, his he his struggle against Bug is the struggle against himself, against his <laughs> his resistance to reforming his life with Amy Madigan. It's it's a rejection of all of his his worst impulses. There could be some good grad essays with this movie, students. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my doctoral thesis on Uncle Buck. <laughs> But so, oh, it's just so, like, I mean, on on one hand, I appreciate, you know, like, John Hughes is a weird guy, mm-hmm. or was a weird guy, was an interesting filmmaker. Like, in lesser hands, Uncle Buck would have just, like, burst into the room and, like, looked for Bug or whatever. But instead, we get this bizarre scene where he appears behind the door. So Bug is in with the girl. We don't know who it is. Yeah, we think that it's uh, Tia. Yeah. It's really Tamara. No. Uh, uh, we think we think that it's Tia, it's but she is. Uh, <clears throat> now, this is the moment where we find out that Buck was right about Bug. Right, that he is a sleazebag because clearly the woman he's in bed with is not consenting. She's saying like, "No, I don't want this." And Uncle Buck appears on the other side of the door, which is locked. And proceeds to use an electric drill to break the lock and burst in, and he's all backlit, and it's like it's, it's all shot movie. like a horror. It's totally a horror movie. Like it's that, and it really freaked. Even though I, as a kid, I knew it was Uncle Buck, <laughs> and he was trying to rescue his niece. Like it was still really freaky. <laughs> Uh, and then it is Bug, but then we see he's with another girl, and it's just like this weird. <laughs> it's this weird moment where there's no something? dialogue. Yeah, and he's and he, and then he and then you just see him advance towards Bug, and then it cuts, and we don't see what happens for a while. Yeah, and it is disturbing. It, it definitely seems like he murdered that kid <laughs> with a drill, right? <laughs> it does, <laughs> which is gruesome. That's a bit gruesome. So then Buck is driving around and he finds his niece and yeah. she's like, you were right yeah. about Bug. He's a creep. But she doesn't say like, hey, I was also like capable of, of dealing with him on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. need you like constantly embarrassing me and harassing me and, mm-hmm. you know, dragging me to terrible bowling alleys. I forgot to mention earlier in the movie, Tia had sort of set it up so that Buck's girlfriend thought that he was cheating oh, right. on her with uh, with Laurie Metcalf across the street. Oh my god! Another absolutely insane scene, like the scene where Laurie Metcalf and John Candy yeah. are dancing to the Bo Brummels, and like the camera work gets all like like they put on like a fisheye lens and do all these POV shots yeah. all of a sudden. It's, it's so weird. very strange. Yeah, and yeah, Laurie Metcalf is like. Playing this like wealthy divorcee who's just like I mean she's brilliant she's and I love her and clearly this is the direction they wanted but she's playing it so like if you had found out that like she had murdered her husband it would that make would sense say. based on how she was acting yeah it's such a bizarre uh, performance hi oh my god what are you doing 
The uh, laundry, what's it look like? Washing machine's still broken, so I thought I'd use the uh, microwave. Nuke them up, you know. Heats them up pretty good, too. You know, it kills the germs and the odors that they cause. You don't know what you're doing. You're bored out of your mind. You need a little adult supervision. Excuse me? Then there's that other weird scene where, like, Uncle Buck has to go to the school and, like, the principal's, like, talking about how awful Gabby Hoffman is. Right. And, like, she has a big mole on her face and he's like, here's a quarter. Go get a rat to nod off. It's just so weird. It's so strange. And I I just, yeah, I just find it so, like, there were no, you know, to the movie's credit, I guess, there were no like real like saccharine moments in the midst of all this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was basically just like <laughs> like weird upsetting scene after weird upsetting scene <laughs> until the end where where the parents come back and everyone's like hey uncle buck who was was pretty all right <laughs> yeah and he reconciles with his girlfriend basically basically that's it but i mean there is i mean it is a little bit there is a little bit of like you know warm hearted moments like the reason that he insults this poor woman's appearance is that yeah she's you know she's saying that the kid is awful when she's just you know being a kid and i felt you know i i don't know that connected with me that related to my experience uh i liked it but it was she was just so like surreal she was just so over the top villainous it was like all of a sudden it was a rolled doll story or something it's like where what school is this why would she talk like this flashback to Uh, her you know somebody making fun of her face and that's why she became the person who uh was mean to the children it's a vicious cycle (laughs) and then you know at the end when the parents come back like the mom and the daughter have like a big hug, like because Uncle Buck saved their relationship yep. by like, oh my God, we didn't even talk about what happened to poor Bug. Poor Bug, it turns out, was <laughs> duct taped in the trunk of Buck's car. And that's pretty mob. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, like, if, and again, like, if it wasn't for the mob connections, like, the epilogue of this story would be Uncle Buck going to jail because you can't do that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's psychotic and, and a little bit warm hearted. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, my big takeaway from this movie, not to get too far ahead, but is like, I don't know if any of this would have worked if it wasn't for John Candy being no. like one of the most endearing people on the face of the earth at that time. I mean, he just has like such an amazing smile and like, it's kind of, yeah, you you sort of gloss over everything. I mean, like that could, it could also have to do with maybe like the development history of this movie. Like, uh... You know, John Hughes always overwrites everything, so maybe, like, more of that uh, came out. I heard, like, the first cut of this was, like, three hours long or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, what I was going to say about the mom and the daughter reconciling, like, I didn't remember anything especially bad happening at the beginning of the movie between those two. Like, I think they said, like, they weren't as close, but it didn't seem like they had... Any any severe falling out that would warrant that kind of reconciliation at the end. Well, it just seems like they have like the typical teenage daughter mother tensions, which I mean, maybe that's enough. Like maybe, you know, that's enough for them to have like that journey back to, you know, being like, hey, we're we actually like each other, you know. I won't drink coffee anymore, Mom. (laughs) And we murdered Bug. All right. Well, that uh, was the rundown. Thank you, Rob. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be back. Uh, I have some trivia questions. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. We're back on Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. We're talking about Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. 
I have some trivia questions for you about Uncle Buck. Of course, now with inflation, it's Uncle Ten Bucks. Sorry. Not a great joke. Hey, it's no worse than my low-key joke. (laughs) All right. Well, I did want to talk about, you know, kind of leading into the first question, I want to talk about something. And that is that they have made a few TV shows of Uncle Buck. Yeah. There was a 1990 sitcom starring Kevin Meany, and then they made a, a sitcom in 2016 with Mike Epps. It was uh, a black family in the 2016 version. I never saw the more recent one, but I do remember watching the 1990 sitcom. Oh, really? When it came out. Yeah, like I remember being a fan of the movie and excitedly watching Uncle Buck. Even though there's no John Candy? Yeah, I don't know. I was just... I I remember watching all kinds of dumb shows because they were movies. Mm. Like, I remember watching the pilot of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Which was really bad. I remember being super excited for the uh, A League of Their Own sitcom. (laughs) Which, they're now making another show based on that movie. Oh, really? uh, but it's going to be all guys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just uh it's just about the major league. No, uh but I remember watching the Uncle Buck show. I I don't remember like liking or hating it. I just remember being excited that it existed and I think it was pretty promptly canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it lasted but, one or two uh, seasons. Yeah. But man, it is weird. I watched the beginning of the pilot, which is on YouTube. Did you watch any of that? No. So it just opens with like Uncle Buck just like making breakfast and like the kids come in and then like the teenage daughter comes in and she's wearing like a, a midriff revealing outfit Uh-oh. and then like, <laughs> yeah, she's and gonna then it's like, violent. Uh, no, <laughs> and then totally like, and then like the literally a minute later, a minute later, they do the opening theme song and it's just like, a very similar scene where, like, the daughter's, like, wearing another revealing outfit and Buck's, like, uh, oh! like shaking his head. And <laughs> but he's just making breakfast. And there's lighthearted banter. There's, you know, some scorn about, you know, choosing her own clothes and, you know, whatever else is going on. I don't know. It was all very lighthearted and silly. And I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, like, okay, when are, when are the parents going to come in? Like... Why is Buck making breakfast? Yeah. Did, hey. the, did the did the grandparent have another heart attack? Like, what's going on? They're going around. And then the next scene, the next scene after the theme song, Buck's at home, and uh, a woman from the insurance company comes. He wants to, like, withdraw money from some kind of insurance trust, and presumably, I think, for gambling. Per- so he's also, like, he's completely gone back on the the, like, you know, his redemptive arc right. He's back to like gambling, it seems. And then it also, like, I, I, it seems like they just watched the movie and like took some of the more superficial aspects and like fleshed it out in this dumb sitcom way. So we had the thing with the daughter, which was not good in the movie either, but then also like Laurie Matt, Metcalf being super into uncle buck <laughs> in the movie. Can't, can't they not took have that. that scene. Yeah. They kind of replicated it with this insurance employee who, Okay. Basically says like Uncle Buck can't withdraw any money from this trust unless he has sex with her. <laughs> I, keep in mind we're like four minutes into the first episode, and this whole time you're thinking, "Where are the parents?" I'll tell you where the parents are. The parents are dead, Rob. Of course they're dead. <laughs> the parents have died off screen between the movie and the show. That's Possibly why murdered trust. by the mob. <laughs> Well, we find out it was in a car accident, but I mean, was the car monkeyed with? Yeah, we don't you know. know. We don't know. Some kind of retaliatory the explosion. Maybe, we've, maybe bugs was also connected, right? Oh. And so it's like a mob war between his parents and Uncle Buck. I don't. The parents are dead. It. It's insane. It's an insane show. It's oh, not man. good. I, I again I only watched like the first few scenes. I did not watch any more. Maybe it gets great. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> supposedly John Hughes wasn't happy about it. I don't know if this is true, but I read that like he didn't know it existed until the producers contacted him to get some like footage of the 
house hmm. of like the the uh, you know the house they used in the movie to kind of use as like a, a, an establishing shot, <laughs> and they just call me like, "Hey, we got the house for the Uncle Buck show," and he's like, "The what now?" <laughs> oh shit! And uh, yeah, and no one from the movies in the in the show. But okay, this brings me to the trivia question. Well, actually, uh, I I saw that that's incorrect. The guy who that, plays Pal. The uh, oh. the sexual harasser at the bowling alley. He he shows up. Oh, okay. As the same character? It's just, no, he's playing a different character. He plays one of, oh. you know, um, John Candy's, or not John Candy's, John Candy's character's drinking buddies. Right. Okay, well, the movie, or the show, the sitcom, also featured in a small role, which future Party of Five star? Ooh, okay. I got to think about my party of fives. Got Nev. Got mm-hmm. Matthew Fox. Mm-hmm. Scott Wolf. Mm-hmm. Why is there so many, is, like, animal? Is, that... <laughs> is there, like, a, is Peter Coyote in there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, going to say Nev. I'm going to say Nev. Campbell. Nev. Yeah. No, it wasn't oh, Nev. Damn it. Maybe if the show had been made uh, in Toronto or something. Well, that's uh, what I thought. Maybe it was. No, no. I do remember seeing her in, in like, a Kids in the Hall skit. Oh, really? Like, even before Catwalk. Oh, wow. But, no, it was Lacey Chabert. Oh. Played a character called Nancy. Nancy. Uh, these are tough now. I feel like okay. the last trivia right. questions you gave me were pretty hard. That's so, fair. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been getting yeah. some really obscure stuff for you. Uh, you know, bring it, bring it. Okay, w- this one's an easier one. But which other 1989 movie? So this movie was in 1989. It was a big hit. It was okay. number one at the box All office right. for three weeks. But there was another movie in 1989 uh, in which John Hughes was also credited as the screenwriter. Which which one was was that? Just the screenwriter. He just wrote it. This was the only movie he directed that year, but he wrote another movie. Oh. No, I can't think of it. I give up. Would it Curly help if I told you it comes out around Christmas? Oh, yeah. Is it Christmas, Christmas vacation? Time. It is Christmas okay. vacation. Okay. Actually, I, I, that was my first thought, but then I was like, that can't be the same year. Yeah, yeah, I should have just had faith. Um, And last question. The actor who played Bug, a guy named Jay Underwood, I assume he got the role because he previously starred in in a uh, well-received family movie. I think it was well-received, but it was was like a – I think it was a family movie, though. I was reading the Wikipedia, and the the things that happened in the movie did not – all sound like some of them sound like Uncle Buck, very upsetting. But it was like a fantasy movie, came out in 1986, uh, in which he was the star, sort of what he was best known for. Um, I I saw it when I was a kid. I would love to revisit it sometime. Um, I've only the vaguest memory of it. You got? Do you have any idea? Yeah. Well, I happened to uh, check out this guy's Imda. Uh, okay. And uh, I believe it's the boy who can fly or who could fly. The Boy Who Could Fly, yeah. Did you ever see that? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's possible. I I watched it on, like, the Family Channel when I was a kid, and yeah, it was weird. Uh, I also saw that he played Sonny Bono in the Sonny and Cher story. You say I love Camp Pilgrim? (laughs) Yeah. And now Uh, he's a a Christian preacher. Yeah, he's a pastor now. So he reforms. guilty for all of that shitty stuff he did. Yeah, and just quickly, I do want to mention that The Boy Who Could Fly, directed by Nick Castle. Whoa, The Punisher. Who played Michael Myers. Oh. No. <laughs> that's Played Frank Michael Castle. Myers. He, he wrote Hook. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. The only last bit of trivia I wanted to mention about this movie is the fact that uh, they remade this movie in India a few years later. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if it's just like a like a John Hughes thing. Cause I know like in India, baby's day out was huge. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're like seven remakes of baby's day out for some reason. <laughs> and they were all huge movies. Wow. Uh, but they made a move, a remake called uncle bun. Okay. Close. 
It is all on YouTube. Did you watch it? I watched I watched some of it and some scenes looked like very similar like the scene where like you know they're calling up uh the buck character and you know like the moms in the background after getting this bad news like it it looked like almost like a similar composition but then like that scene was like pretty quickly followed by like this nightmare sequence where like I don't even know who the character was supposed to be, but they emerge from a coffin and their head spins around like in The Exorcist. Oh, my God. I think that's Tia. Yeah. And then I don't even remember. I read I read about it on Wikipedia, but it was like they actually came up with like the big change was they had a reason why uh, the uh, the mom didn't want the Buck character. He's not called Buck. I think he's called Charlie or something. There's a reason why the mom didn't want him to come look after the kids. Okay. And that, that reason was like, she blamed him for the death of her, I think her sister. Oh my God. Who like had committed suicide years earlier. Because she owed money to the mob. <laughs> no, I don't know what it was, but then like, at the end of the movie, you find out that, like, she had committed suicide for some other reason because oh. she was, like, involved with – she, like, cheated on someone or something oh. and wasn't involved with, like, her relationship with with Charlie. But he, like – this is, again, just going off the Wikipedia description, but he, like – took you know he let people believe that it was because of him to like keep her reputation in good standing because so people wouldn't know about this like (laughs) it's not not as funny as like giant pancakes that's for sure yeah it's it's uh it's it's a very upsetting backstory for uh for uncle bun wow that's uh there there you have it dark that's dark. It's dark. I mean, it is also a musical. Uh, that makes it a little bit better. I like a little, you know, it's a, brings some levity to it. Yeah, so that's that's what I could find about Uncle Buck. I don't know. Did you read anything? Uh, well, I did see up? that there was a couple of, uh, you know, um, a couple of people who show up in the movie that are notable, like uh, little Anna Klumsky. Klumsky is in there, right. apparently. Uh, who would who would later kill Macaulay Culkin with her? That's right. That's right. Her her carelessness, Uh, leaving that mood ring lying around, makes me so angry. Yeah, I didn't even think Mm. about that. It's a little reunion there, and also Mm -hmm. uh, apparently Patricia Arquette, Patricia Arquette did additional voices. Really? Yeah. So. I think she was like doing some foley work, making the car backfire. Or... <laughs> yeah, that was her. That was all wow. her. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. Was there anything else that I found about this? Um, no, no, there wasn't. Nope. Yeah, I, I didn't see that much. You know, there were, hasn't been that much discussion about it, other than. Hey, it's it's Uncle Buck. Yeah, I mean, it seems weird because I there are it's such it seems like such a beloved movie. I I know that I loved it. Also, there are like so many you know great performers in it, and like we barely even talked about Macaulay Culkin, but he this was like his breakout role. I mean, I don't know if he'd done anything before this, but he was like, oh yeah, he definitely he was in that Burt Lancaster movie. Okay, uh, what was that? I don't remember. But he's, I mean. You can tell why he became like the huge star that he that he was. He just has like this like energy and this like you know, and the scenes that he shares with John Candy uh, are are really are really something. It's it's like you know, it's great. Oh yeah, he's so good in this. Uh, Rocket Gibraltar is the name of the movie I was trying oh. to think of. I mean, yeah, he was in a few things, but he's so good in this movie. I think. You know, I've heard various stories about how he was cast in Home Alone. And, like, some people said that, like, John Hughes wrote Home Alone for him. And I don't think that's true. I think think that he got the idea from the scene where Macaulay Culkin won't let Amy Madigan into the house. Right. But I think he was originally going to try to get a different kid or at least he like auditioned 
tons of kids. He didn't just give it to Macaulay. Need Molly Culkin. Ringwald. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's great. He's uh, so charming, and uh, and so so is Gabby Hoffman. They're they're yeah. such good kid actors, and uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest problem with this, or not problem. My biggest source of a sort of conflict in informing my opinion of this movie is the fact that I, I like all of the people in it so much. And I, I enjoy, you know, spending 90 minutes with John Candy and with these kids and like, you know, and, <laughs> and having them kind of like inhabit this space that seems so familiar. Cause it mm-hmm. reminds me of other things. Like it feels like the home alone house yeah. and you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, planes, trains and automobiles some of the time. But like so much of of the actual uh, core of the movie, like what's actually happening, I just find like <laughs> unpleasant and uh, yeah, and I'm not sure even like what they're going for. Like it feels perhaps intentionally sloppy and unfocused, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I would be also interested to know like what was in like the longer cut because like it it seems weird that they were like had a three hour cut had to whittle it down and they're like no we need the drunken clown scene <laughs> or like you know uh, yeah but I guess it's funny you know like I don't know it's just it's just it's it's weird it's a weird movie and I I don't know if I was expecting it to be quite so weird I knew I found it weird as a kid. But I think going into it now, knowing it was this beloved thing and knowing that I still loved it in spite of being like creeped out by certain scenes, I thought I would watch this movie and think like, oh, man, like I was this oversensitive kid and like this isn't (laughs) isn't stranger or disturbing at all. And instead I watched it and I was like, what? Like, why would why would they do that? Validated. I feel like I have been to a certain extent because they make some very strange choices. And it's this also this, you know, weird intersection that happens in a lot of John Hughes movies specifically around this period where like it's this weird intersection of like very like down to earth characters and like realistic um, situations mixed with these like bursts of slapstick mm-hmm. cartoony bits. Like, I mean, home alone is one of the better examples of that. Cause, cause that, you know, right. It's like it's family like, drama nestled within ultra violence. Yeah, it's like two thirds of like yeah, like a a realist drama, and then the third act is like a Looney Tunes mm. uh, cartoon, and you know that that's its own thing, and it's kind of been canonized in a way where where we all accept that. But like in this movie, they have scenes where like at one point Amy Madigan at the end of the movie, there's been this like tender moment where like you know he's reconciled with the niece after uh, presumably murdering her boyfriend. But and then they realize that he he's eavesdropping on their conversation. So Amy Madigan like slams the door into his face, and he flies across the room, and is not getting up. And she's like <laughs> laughing about it. And I mean, in a in a realistic world, like he would have some kind of severe head trauma, and everyone would be horrified. Well, not to mention that bowling ball from earlier that uh, fell on his head. Yeah. So I don't I don't know like. Maybe if the balance was shifted slightly where there was, like, more of that in the movie, it would be less bizarre when it crops up occasionally. I don't know. It's 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 a bit of a mess of a movie, but uh, I haven't quite landed on, on how I feel. What, what about you? Do you think it was rewatchable? Uh, yeah, I do. You know, there's it is so weird. And, like, I just think that, like, that's part of sort of reconciling with John Hughes movies is how, like dark and violent and sometimes like darkly sexual that they are i don't think that i mean they're all like that um so i mean i guess that like yeah i sort of expected it here but for me the john candy and like the kids they sort of they do save it to a large degree for me i mean just john candy's so funny like i laughed out loud you know, so many times during this movie for for dumb reasons, and you know, it it made me like very like like wistful for for him and for that kind of performer. You know, like I feel like 
it's just like so so nice and 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 giving you know like it's a very generous performance and i also i really like the openness of it it seemed like so understated in parts like there were comedy scenes like now every comedy scene has to have a button you know but this it doesn't like sometimes scenes just seem to like end without like you know a finishing note but it feels like realistic and like settled in i really like that but some of it some of it is weird i mean the parents i don't know if i just expected more from them because in home alone like Catherine o'hara is so like amazing and wonderful and like such a you know a great character and uh, the dad is okay too but in this movie like the mom she's just so she gives nothing nothing and uh like she's uh, she's got uh, there, there's an it's another thing that like i i found you know i remember like registering with me in an emotional way i couldn't understand it as a kid and watching it now i still don't understand is her performance and like even before she finds out that her dad had a heart attack like she seems like upset about something yeah. like it seems like she's going through something, like some sort of that trauma. Is just, yeah, just just something going on with her that's never even like brought up in the movie, and it is weird. And it, maybe it's something to do with the daughter and like their fractured relationship, but uh, we don't really get we don't get enough of her character to like <laughs> really justify how. Uh, how bizarre that is. It's super and, strange. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Like, yeah, the parents in Home Alone. I mean, they they certainly have more to do, but... Uh, yeah. Well, I also... And there's... The other, the other weird part with the mom is, like, remember when she checks in with Buck and he's, like, telling her he overfed the dog? And she's, like, almost sounds like she's, like, laughing, but she's, like, crying. Yeah, she's, like, crying so, because the dog ate, drank out of the toilet bowl. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. But it sounds it sounds like she's laughing, like she's almost hysterical. But she's crying, and like it's not a big deal. Like I, I mean, I again, she's I, I get it. She's going through a thing, but like, and then there's the thing with the photo where she folded him out of the wedding photo. I don't understand this movie. She, she, she's in love with Buck. That's what it is. That's why I don't know. I yeah it's uh, so I don't you know like it's such an interesting movie I would I would watch it again um but uh yeah I don't know it, it yeah I I'm going to say rewatchable but uh yeah there there's a there's a lot to contend with in this what about you jam Yeah I don't know I mean I think it is ultimately rewatchable in that I was I I'm happy to watch any John Candy performance again mm-hmm. and uh but you know like I honestly like I said earlier I don't see this movie working at all with another actor no I can't picture anybody who it would work with like I read like they were gonna do it with Danny DeVito or someone at one point like no well <laughs> I like Danny DeVito but like you need you know yeah. A, a, some, there's just something about John Candy. Uh, he was, but the best. yeah. Also, did you find it weird that you know the dad in the movie had a heart attack, and both John Candy and John Hughes died of heart attacks? Oh shit! I didn't even think of that. He sort of, sort of spooked me out a little bit. John Candy. I loved John Candy so much when I was a kid. I can't overstate that. I remember where I was standing. And who told me oh, wow. uh, that John Candy had died like that? I don't that was like, you know, when we hear like our parents generation talk about like <laughs> how they know where they were when Kennedy. they heard JFK had died. Yeah. For me, that was that. Like I, I was watching have JFK. the most. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which he is. In. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected, man. No, but I, I like I remember just being like I remember I was at school. And, like, a kid I knew's dad was coming to pick them up. And, like, I saw him in the hall and said hi. And he was like, John, did you know John Candy died? 
And I was just and I was just devastated. You don't, why do you just tell a kid that? That's not necessary. Yeah. But Santa Claus has also died. <laughs> oh what? my god. Uh, I remember I remember hearing when he died as well. I think I heard it on like on like the YTV like kids news or something. Um and right. yeah, because I remember he was shooting that movie Wagons East, right? And uh, they had to like finish it somehow. Yeah, they used like it was an early CGI, uh, the an early example of like CGIing a a dead actor. Yeah, I mean, I could never watch that movie because it was like. For, no, I've never watched it. it I would think feel it was like, like watching John Candy die. It was like a combination of like outtakes and like I think some kind of I don't think it was like you know they right. created like a a CGI <laughs> version like in a Star Wars movie today I think it was like more like you know using computers to kind of place him when they scenes that they already dangerous. shot into yeah but again I never saw it either cuz yeah it seemed uh uh upsetting and not not a good movie uh yeah so no I I was happy to watch it, but I do think, you know, I think there are some weird moments that are more uh, strange than funny. But I also like movies like that, too, so I can't really complain. The The thing that I would most complain about is that the, the central sort of driving force of the narrative is this, uh, yeah, story about him kind of, like, repeatedly shaming his niece yeah. and then, uh, and then uh, ultimately attacking her boyfriend who... Uh, who was a, a terrible person, but, uh, but, you know, sort of retroactively, like including that detail doesn't make all of his earlier behavior when he didn't have that information. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Mildly rewatchable for me. All right. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this week on rewatchability. Uh, as always, you can subscribe and uh, and review us on whatever podcasting app you listen on. Uh, you can find more episodes at rewatchability.com. You can follow us on Twitter at rewatchability. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash rewatchability. Instagram, I still don't know the thing for that because I'm not it's on Instagram. It's just at rewatchability. All right, perfect. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and until next time... If you need someone to look after your kids, give me a call. Rob is available. <laughs> He's vaccinated and ready to live in your house rent-free. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.